This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 7th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The financial crisis has many narratives and some are more popular than others, but some important stories of the crisis have really yet to be told. Charles Calamiris is a professor of financial institutions at Columbia University. We spoke during the Cato Institute's Monetary Conference in November. A lot of people make the case that uh, this was all caused by uh, particular agents in the U.S. government, which, while potentially true, uh, they might be pointing the finger in the wrong direction. What do you see as as, as sort of an untold story uh, relating to our financial crisis? I would say that we have a few untold stories, um, and it's useful to divide them into two parts, why the crisis started and why it got so much worse. Uh, why it started is an interesting story about um, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the FHA, and more generally, government housing policies that made leverage rise so dramatically that subsidized housing through leverage subsidies and did so uh, so differently in the 10 years prior to the crisis than we had done before. And I, I think that's a that leveraging story is going to be the one that 50 years ago from now, people are going to be talking about, and it's not one that's really been appreciated. Um, there were other contributors, but I think that's the one that people have not really put enough weight on yet, but are going to. Now, on the second issue, though, how the crisis got so big, I think the issue there is going to be that, and I think many people are, haven't really got their hands around this yet. This crisis didn't have to be so big. That is, the size of this shock to subprime and other related assets um, really didn't have to bring down the global financial system. I think it was very mismanaged. uh, And I think that there was a huge amount of liquidity risk uh, in the system that propagated the shock, that magnified it, and that when we think about that liquidity risk – It has to do with the way the banking and shadow banking systems reacted to uh, um, the initial losses with a huge scramble for liquidity. And the standard model now that we have developed of this crisis is a funding crisis of liquidity, meaning people scrambling to get their hands on cash, becomes a market pricing of liquidity crisis. In other words, when people scramble for funding liquidity, they create an illiquidity discount in the pricing of risky assets, which further creates balance sheet problems, which leads to further funding liquidity scramble. So as people are scrambling to get their hands on money, the value of risky assets falls, leading everyone who has risky assets to be in a worse position, making them need to scramble for money more. Now, what makes them have to scramble so much for money is their vulnerability to liquidity risk. And that's where we have to bring in the repo market, the asset-backed commercial paper market, uh, and the LIBOR market, because all of them are liabilities of financial institutions that roll over constantly. And if people decide that they don't want to roll over your $10 trillion worth of repos, larger than the depository base of the U.S. banking system, was the shadow banking systems, just in the repo market. And then asset-backed commercial paper, also quite large. The LIBOR market, also quite large. 
and the Euribor market in Europe also quite large. So I think that the the interesting story there is how when a financial system has so much short-term debt, even a reasonably small or moderate-sized shock can create a huge avoidable, in some physical sense, avoidable liquidation. But it's not avoidable if we can't put an end to the liquidity crisis. So my own view is it was a policy failure, very aggressive policies, if implemented in September and October, not to bail out individual institutions. That was not the policy that we needed. What we needed was to put a floor on the liquidity crisis and the liquidity discounts that were being applied to risky assets. And that's a longer story explaining how to do that. But I came up with that. Uh, Many other economists came up with proposals that I think would have worked. So I think the two things, if I were going to pick two things in summary that people don't understand that I think are true about this crisis. The first one would be how much of it was driven by the government policies to subsidize leveraging in housing. There were other policies in housing, but that was the key feature that made all of them much worse. And then the second thing I think is the extent to which this really was an avoidable crisis if we had used aggressive policies to put a floor on the liquidity problems that we faced in September to November of 2008. Um, So when I write the history of the crisis, those will be the things I think will surprise people the most. I spoke with William Poole, and uh, he talked about what has occurred in the last year or so, major health care reform, the regulations have yet to be written, a major uh, financial sector uh, reform, and he did not want to use the word reform at all. Uh, No, it's a horrible word to use, but we don't have another good word. Uh, stupidity, destruction, those kinds of words you come to mind. He says this is creating a whole lot of uncertainty. We're in a, in a down economy now, and the extent to which that gets better uh, is going to depend in large part on whether entrepreneurs are believe that, that the investments that they're going to make are going to pay off. I couldn't agree more. Uncertainty is the biggest issue right now. It's fiscal uncertainty. It's regulatory uncertainty. It's health care uncertainty. Uh, It's a whole range of political and regulatory policy uncertainties. And we have to go back and remember that this was also a big part of why it was so hard to recover quickly out of the 1930s. I thought one of the best messages from Amity Schley's book, The Forgotten Man, which is a wonderful account of the 1930s, is how much uncertainty was a, a barrier to people being able to overcome what was going on. And it was government-created uncertainty. And that's what we're living with right now, I think. Charles Calamiris is a professor of financial institutions at Columbia University. You can watch the full monetary conference at cato.org.